Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Risk! Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes where we look back at content from our earlier years, sometimes single stories, sometimes whole episodes. Keep in mind that years ago, people might have worded things differently than they would today. As always, the title of the whole series, Risk, is itself a content warning. This week, a story that David Keckner first shared on the podcast in September of 2014. Here's David now with a story we call The General. I remember uh, in sixth grade, a teacher, a student teacher, came to our class. I'm from a small town in Missouri. And the thing that he talked about is a little bit remarkable in that it was very political. Uh, the thing that was the most seared in my brain was he said, what you should do in life is replace only you and your spouse because there are limited natural resources in this world and we keep growing as a global population and the way to keep it in check was just replace you and your spouse. And that really hit me. I was like, oh, that, you know what, that makes absolute sense. I remember that's what I digested from that talk. My wife and I have five children. <laughs> Here's how it happened. I got married at 33. I waited. My wife was 30. We went through a lot. And uh, we got engaged. We bought a house together uh, before we were married. And I'm like, because, you know, that's it. I'm in, right? So my wife was on the pill. And I'd, I'd, I'd been aware that people have these fertility problems. And I thought, well, she's been on the pill for probably 12, 13 years. And it'll probably take a while to flush the system. So she goes off the pill before we get married. And I'm thinking in my mind, because I think I can divine how things will happen, it'll probably take a year to get pregnant. Well, it didn't. <laughs> we got married in June, and we were pregnant in September. Which, to me, is like, oh, that changes my plan. I thought we were going to have this year of like, hey, let's find out what we're like together as a married couple. Maybe travel, but no, we're pregnant. So that 
All right, let's do things differently. Okay, so we'd have a, I had a beautiful pregnancy. Everything was going great. And uh, about five weeks before she was to give birth, uh, she was spotting, which means uh, uncomfortably for the room. Uh, there was blood coming from her pagina. I said pagina to kind of curtail, take the edge off of it just a little bit. So she'd been working at this point because she kept saying, hey, when can I quit working? And I'm like, uh, when the baby's born. Let's keep cash coming in as much as we can. So now she's on bed rest. Okay, great, you're done working. Well, later that night, she wakes up. She goes to the bathroom. She felt this sensation. She thought her water broke. And then she turned the light on. It's like, oh, my water didn't break. Uh, there's a lot of blood in the stool. So she wakes me up, and uh, I'm like, oh, okay, we're going. Here we go. We're going to go to the hospital. We have to go to the We live in the hipster area town of the valley. And so we're going to Cedars. So we go over, get there, boom, they rush her into the delivery room. And the doctor rushes in and looks at me. And I, I thought, wow, why is she so panicked? And then they get me in the scrubs, and I go in there. And, and so it's going to be an emergency C-section because she's not quite due. So they put the little curtain between the operation and us, and we're back there. And boom, the, you know, the baby's out quickly. I go over. I had a – this was in 1999 before phone – smartphones. So I had a Instamatic – no, an instant cam – what were they called? D disposable camera. <laughs> Why am I asking you guys? You don't know what that is. <laughs> Take a picture. I'm heading back to my wife's side. And I noticed the doctor uh, – I caught her eye. So they're still furiously working. My son is uh, – born he's over there they clean him up I'm going back over here she looks up at me like this and my thought my honest to God thought was are you stealing something <laughs> her, her organs are splayed out over her belly and I'm like what's going on there is 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 my wife's uterus filled with gold and you're like hmm? <laughs> well as it turned out my wife was starting to bleed to death because uh, we had a very rare thing, and by virtue of you hearing this conversation, you will never have this sensation, I hope. It's so rare, it's like one in a million. And let's face it, you're not. Um, <laughs> you're one in a billion. Uh, it's a rare thing called placenta accreta, where the placenta grows into the uterus. Normally, it just goes up to the uterus and goes, when the, when the uh, baby's born, it says, hey, man, thanks for the ride. I got to cut. <laughs> but in placenta accreta, it does this. Hey, man, why don't you all come with me? So it's like um, a thousand holes have been cut into the uterine wall. And so we're back there kind of going, what's happening? This should be over, right? And they're furiously working, and we're hanging out behind the curtain, making jokes and sometimes praying. And they kind of let us know, they're like, oh, uh, there's something's going on, you're bleeding, it's, it's this not exactly what we expected, blah, blah, blah. So long story short, three and a half hours on the operating table, they finally say, um, listen, we're gonna have to take your uterus or you're gonna die. And I'm thinking, yeah, take that uterus because I sure as fuck am not gonna raise that kid by myself. <laughs> So they take her uterus, she lives, it's a really weird experience, everything. They do it and sew her back up, and then you're left alone in the operating room. <laughs> you're like, wow, the chaos is over, we're just here, and then someone has to come in and count the sponges <laughs> before you're allowed to go out. 
really for malpractice reasons. Anyway, next morning we wheeled up there <clears throat> to the top room. Doctor comes in like, well, thank God you're alive, which I'm thinking is like, okay, all right, you're staving off a lawsuit for whatever the fuck happened the night before. Uh, well, good news, bad news. Uh, good news, you're alive. Uh, bad news, you don't have a uterus anymore. But other good news is you still have your ovaries because if you remember from your, I don't know, eighth grade biology, maybe sophomore year, your ovaries are on the outside of your uterus and they look somewhat like upside down calamari like this. <laughs> and then there they are, they're still there. So good luck, you can, you know, you can have more children of your own. Oh, okay, great. Well, one was pretty traumatic, so I'm not sure if I want to do that again at all ever. So uh, during Charlie's first year of life, my wife, Lee, started investigating surrogacy because that's the way it was going to have to happen for us. So she um, gets online, furiously looking. We meet uh, a bunch of weird people <laughs> online who are potential surrogates. I remember the best, my favorite was uh, we were supposed to meet a couple in San Diego at a park. <laughs> so Charlie is uh, just a year old, and we go down to San Diego, and we go to some park, and we're waiting, and then some sketchy van just takes off. I'm like, I don't think this is the way we should do this. So here's what the way it, the, the, you normally do it. You go to an agency, right? And what you do is you go to an agency, and you get a, 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 like a, a pickup truck full of money, and you back it up, and you leave it there. And you go, okay, hey, why don't you introduce us to a person who can carry a child for us? Like, okay, now you can come in. So uh, you do that, and then you, you write your story, your book of why you have to have a surrogate, and then they actually pick you. Uh, they go, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so someone picks us, and we go out. To, you're supposed to go on a first date with the potential surrogate couple. And a surrogate has to have had already successfully carried a child. Uh, and so that's, we know that that uterus is a good working uterus. So we meet this couple. We go to a Chili's. <laughs> We pay, of course. <laughs> and uh, they agree, like, oh, yeah. So after whatever, they say, yes, it's them. And so then the next step is you go, and my wife has to have her eggs extracted from her ovum. And then my part of the job is uh, I have the medical, the clinical term is I have to extract cum from my cock. <laughs> So it's on the same day, the, they, they wheel her into a room and they're taking uh, eggs from, we've had to go through fertility stuff, like you take shots for a while to increase the number of eggs that can drop that particular month. And uh, meanwhile, your surrogate is taking some hormones to get a nice thick lining on her uterus. <laughs> just, just so you know, uh, guys, you don't get to have sex with the, the surrogate. <laughs> But what you do get to do, guys, because uh, you had to go do your business, jerk off in a sterile room. Sterile. I'm from Missouri. <laughs> is you get to buy pornography and without consequence. You don't have to hide it. You're like, yeah, I got a backpack full of porn. <laughs> you bring it into the room. And so I'm in the jerk off room. And you've got your porn that you haven't looked at, guys. Because <laughs> you want to keep that fresh seal on it. And they give you this medical tray, and they've also provided a couple of videos and a magazine. And now, fellas, you haven't jerked off in like four or five days, and you're like, I can't wait to get at this thing. <laughs> and then a nurse comes from, a, a, I'm going to call it a nurse. I'm assuming it's a nurse. It happened to be a female. She gives you this little container that looks like a, um, 
um, a urine sample container, but we all know now that this is a cum container. <laughs> it's got a nice wide mouth, nice cups, so you're like, all right, it's already pre-filled out, your name, all that stuff was on there. You go to business, you're looking through your backpack, what am I going to use? But you're drawn, of course, to the um, well-worn <laughs> penthouse from 1992. Because that's the one you can't take home. You're like, well, I'm, not, I'm only going to look at this now. <laughs> so you start flipping through. You're like getting your business going. You're like, oh, fuck. Oh, before you know it, you're like popping off. Now, I'm not going to show you how that part works. I'm assuming this is mostly an adult crowd, and you know how this thing goes. The hardest part of that is, is getting it in the, uh, I'm going to say it's about an inch and a half. Is that two inches? You know what a urine sample cup looks like? It's about like that. You're like, you got to get it in there. Now, the thing is, um, your penis is up this way. So, you're, anyway, uh, the thing that helps you ejaculate even more is you pretend that that nurse has cracked the door just this much and is watching you. So, I deliver my semen into this cup, close it, and hand it to the woman who's right there on the other side of the door. And I'm like, yeah, she was watching. <laughs> Peruse the magazine. Wow, I could have gone there. Okay, anyway, so I'm done. Now, the, my, my wife's uh, eggs are waiting on the other side in some Petri dish or something, I'm guessing. And uh, I don't know how the procedure works. My guess is that uh, they take the lid off, and uh, then the nurse probably, you know, you've got maybe three or four dishes of ovum there and she probably does you know that <laughs> so on that day we created 11 embryos 11 more potential little Kechners they take the first three uh, live embryos they call them fresh and they put they transfer them into the surrogate my guess is something like this <laughs> mama wants another baby let's go so they transfer those to the, the surrogate. They freeze the other eight in two separate pods or whatever. I'm going to say test tube, tubes, all right? Uh, as luck would have it, we got pregnant right away, um, one. And uh, we, nine months later, 10 months later, actually, guys, it's 10 months. The gestation cycle of uh, the human is 10 months. We keep saying nine months. I don't know why we're cheating these ladies out of one painful month, but it's 10. Okay. <laughs> So uh, 10 months later, we go and boom, we've got our daughter Margot, which is amazing, right? Now we have a boy and a girl, that's a pair, we're done. Right, honey? That's what we're supposed to do, replace you and your spouse on this planet. My wife goes, uh-huh, we have that, but we have those other babies. Like what, other babies? The ones that are frozen now, those are babies. Oh, we never talked about that. Ah, uh, there's so many important conversations to have in life. <laughs> That's a pretty big one. Like, okay, well, they're frozen. What are the chances, right? So a couple years after Margo was born, I know, cool name, Charlie and Margo now, uh, my wife says, let's do it again. And I said, why not? Because here's the thing. Um, so there's the agency gets a fee, and of course the surrogate gets a fee. Oh, I forgot to mention, there's a 25-page contract that comes along with the surrogacy, and you also pay for her lawyer. Uh, conflict of interest? I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, so you've got all these things. The contract includes everything down to how many Diet Dr. Peppers they can have a day. 
right? It's all the everything, 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 clothes allowance, babysitter allowance, clean all, everything, uh, and uh, you actually have to adopt your own child. <laughs> before it's born because it goes to the live birth mother and then the nurses there get really like what's going on you're gonna take this baby hold on what and like here's a fucking lawyer it's gonna have some of my fucking child okay don't this isn't 1982 and the time case that gets in the cover of time magazine this is a big business now so just get the fuck out of the way and give me my child anyway uh, just so a uh, matter of course, I want you to know that the, the, the baby's 100% ours, right? And even the blood from the surrogate doesn't go through that baby. It's, they just get nutrients from the uh, umbilical cord. And people are like, oh, okay, right. It's 100% yours. A uh, couple years later, my wife says, let's try it again. And like I said, okay, um, why not? Because uh, I don't have any money. Why would I ever have money? Uh, and I know you guys think once you're in one movie, you're set for life. That's not the case. Uh, <laughs> So let's, here's the thing, there's one thing I will not have in my house, and that is money. <laughs> so I go to the bank and go to the ATM, and there's a balance in there, I'm gonna extract all of it. I'm gonna go home, I'm gonna light a fire, I'm gonna gather the kids around, I'm gonna say, get out of here, money. <laughs> Couple years later, we try it again. Uh, this is actually a new surrogate, new fee. <laughs> Uh, because the first surrogate had already had five kids and then hours and the doctor's like, hey, that uterus is done. You can't do anything. That, that horse can't work no more. Is that an indelicate metaphor? So we hire a new surrogate, the whole gamut, date, blah, 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 no more weird San Diego park. Um, actually paid more for the next one. So um, same thing. Now we're going to thaw out the, the next group of embryos. There's four of them in a, in a group. They thaw them out, and embryos either uh, continue to grow or they fragment. So there's only three viable embryos. So we transfer those into the next surrogate. Clackety, clackety, clackety. Daddy wants a new baby. Boom. Well, we're pregnant right away. Now I'm out of town, and they go, hey, well, there's, we're getting unusual high levels. And oh, my goodness, lucky you, you're pregnant with twins. Well, awesome. <laughs> Great. I mean, because I thought I could, I could raise one more child standing on my head, but twins, like, that's going to double overnight. <laughs> and that's just what? More what, fellas? Money. Okay, great. <laughs> so uh, we keep going, and uh, yep, you're having twins, still having twins, still having twins. Uh, great. So 10 months later, we uh, have Sergeant and Audrey born. Again, two more great names. Boom. Now, at this point, we have two boys and two girls. That's two pair. So I don't know how many people in this room gamble, but you would probably call or raise on two pair anywhere. <laughs> Take your money and walk away from the table and go, hey man, I'm done, I'm good. <clears throat> At this point, I'd like to interject an idea about parenting and kids and you know, talking about it. You meet another couple that's either married or whatever. You go, oh, do you, the, 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 the subject comes up, do you have kids? Yeah, we have kids. And they might not have kids. They go, we don't have kids, but we have a dog. That's not the same thing. That's a bad comparison. You might as well say, we don't have kids, but we have a bar of soap with a hair in it. So, is that, are you a crazy person? What are you talking about? We don't have kids, but we have an old tractor tire in a shed that collects water in the summer and creates mosquitoes. Is that what you mean? No, that's not what I mean. If you have a dog, so what? I have a child I'm talking about. You have an animal. It's not the same. Yeah, but our dog's a rescue. <laughs> it's 
so we're better than you and your kids. So anyway, I'm happy with the four kids. Life keeps going on, and my wife reminds me, uh, what are we going to do with those, those embryos? Like, oh, I was hoping you would forget we had, and it costs $500 a year to keep them frozen. You keep getting this uh, mail from the cryo center that says, hey, by the way, you've got babies stored here. <laughs> You want to pay us the $500? I don't, it's like a ransom note. <laughs> what are you going to do if I don't? Are you going to sell them? Are you going to give them away? Because that's slavery. We're running into a lot of moral and ethical issues here. Especially if your wife believes those are still babies. I'm like, oh, are they? Really? She's convinced of it. So, yeah, okay, I wasn't asking. I was, I did ask, but yes, all right. Your, everyone's opinion is, 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 is viable. So, in my wife's opinion, those are babies. So, I can't make that moral, ethical judgment for her. And I'm like, okay, well, I was in my later 40s at the time. Uh, I'm in my early 50s now, thank you. I look great, I know. And uh, so, I was 47. I was like, fuck, man, really? More kids? <sighs> Because I was thinking, um, they're, they're microscopic, these embryos. You, you can't, you, can, you know, I understand you just want to uh, give them away, um, which is an option, but I couldn't do that. I couldn't give my kids away. Uh, I could now. <laughs> so I thought, you know, they're microscopic. You can't even see them. Can't we just uh, pray a lot and, and bake them into a meatloaf and e eat them? <laughs> Guys. Fellas, you gotta stay with me on this. So for my wife's birthday that year, I said, okay, I brought our, our next surrogate in, who was the second surrogate, who agreed to come down on my wife's birthday. And I was like, hey, and she hands her a card, happy birthday, let's try it again. I'm like, okay, because again, yeah, I don't have any money, so fuck it, why ever have any? So we tried again. Now this is 10 years after the first uh, group uh, was frozen. So I'm thinking there's no way these are still gonna be viable. So they thaw them out. There's only one viable embryo. The other's fragmented, which would happen in the natural matter, of course. Slip that into the surrogate. Not any clackety, clackety, just here we go. Boom, of course, we're pregnant. Great. All right. Um, and uh, here's the, the interesting thing about the final four kids. Uh, they're all conceived on the same day. <laughs> it's pretty... <laughs> And um, a friend of mine once reminded me that three different women have had my children. Not bad. It's like the old Conestoga wagon trail. So. Anyway, so we keep going after about a month and a half of going for a sonogram, and the doctors say, huh, we see something. Like, what are you talking about? We see something. We'd like to do an amniocentesis, which usually means, oh, we think you might have a Down syndrome baby. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? I see the light's gonna take about five or six more minutes. Um, <laughs> So we're like, whatever. So they do the amniocentesis and they, they say, we'd like to talk to you. And they put us in a, to a genetic counselor. I'm like, what, what's going on? Hey, how old are you? And all this stuff. And give us your family history. And now my wife was 34 when they pulled her eggs. And I was 34 when I jerked off into a cup with a woman fantasizing watching me. Anyway, um, which, by the way, guys, is a viable thing if you want to keep uh, your sex life alive. Uh, always have someone peering in. <laughs> 
So anyway, we see something. So the genetic counselor is getting our family history about mental retardation and Down syndrome and all this other stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, like, well, it seems like your daughter um, is going to be severely mentally retarded. Now, this is the last one. And I'm like, oh, man, we went too far. And uh, like, well, what, what do you want to talk about? Like, well, we should go ahead and terminate. We're like, uh, um, we, no, 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 we're not going to. I mean, because I'm thinking, look how much money I spent. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm not gonna just terminate. <laughs> so we keep going, and every you have you know the the sonograms become more frequent because you're hitting that three month mark, and they're like, we really need to talk to you about termination. And I'm like, should we have that conversation, honey? And she doesn't even reply. Um, but I, they told us that uh, our daughter was um, her twisted limbs and her, her nuchal folds were all messed up and she had glowing in the bowel and her brain wasn't growing and that she had two holes in her heart and we're going to have multiple surgeries. And um, I mean, that's, fellas, that's some bread. <laughs> Not to be selfish about it, but we're looking at a lot of money, a lot of man hours. And so my wife's response was, oh, I don't care if our daughter can't ever recognize us or see us or walk. She's going to have the most kick-ass wheelchair that anyone has ever seen. I'm like, okay, I can't argue with that. If I couldn't get her to buy into the meatloaf sandwich. <laughs> So we keep going, and it keep, we keep getting worse and worse news. Now, we get up, uh, bumped up to a, a, a specialist in the sonogram business. Uh, she's named Genetic Disorders, because we're in L.A. Uh, she's a rock star, and I've been going back and forth out of town uh, uh, working uh, in the movie business. Don't treat me differently. And <laughs> so I'm coming home, because we're now past termination. We're like, okay, we're just going for the ride. Whatever happened, we keep getting more and more bad news. And so we're going to the fifth month uh, uh, sonogram, and... Uh, the genetic specialist, sonogram specialist, had told my wife that um, whenever she saw our name on the list, she would cry. That's how good it was for us, right? So we'd go in, and it's the day before Halloween. I flew in from Canada. We got a, a big flat screen TV. We're in Beverly Hills, and you, they've got like 3D sonograms. You can nearly see nipple. Um, <laughs> So she's got the jelly on the belly of our surrogate. She's doing her business. She's going back and forth. It's up on the big monitor. And she goes, huh. She said, this is miraculous. She said, there's, there's nothing wrong with your baby. And we're like, what? She said, there's nothing wrong with your baby. And I'm just, I'm crying. Because I'm thinking, do you know how much money I'm going to save? <laughs> Guys, guys. So here's what happens. It turns out what had happened was this rare thing. Uh, I assume no one here is even of uh, bearing age, uh, <laughs> let alone having given birth because you're out on a Thursday night. So there's a rare thing called a fifths disease. And if you've ever gone to preschool um, or if you've ever been a mother or a father to preschool, you'll see a posting occasionally. Uh, if you're pregnant, don't come around because there's been a case of reported fifths disease. And it's merely this. It's a flushed face and a rash on the belly that lasts one day, in a, usually in toddlers. You don't see it in adults much. But it can be fatal to a fetus. And our surrogate's daughter had fifths disease. She thought her daughter got sun sunburned one day. It was only later she was like, oh, my God, that's what happened. Because it it's not an ongoing little 
uh, sickness. It just happens one or two days, then it's gone. So our daughter had contracted parvovirus from the fifth's disease. And so the parvovirus mimicked all the markers for mental retardation. So our, our fetus curled up to fight off the virus. And then she, she beat it, and then she was fine. So nine, ten months later, she's born. 100% healthy, absolutely nothing wrong with her. In fact, when she was born, the, the, one of the uh, delivery nurses comes out and announces, baby looks like dad. <laughs> so, great news for the baby. <laughs> and Eve is a strong, kick-ass little girl. We named her Eve when we thought it was the worst part of it, uh, no regrets, uh, still another great name. So, you know, every once in a while now, if we'll take her to the park, uh, or just out playing whatever, uh, someone might comment truthfully, oh my God, what a beautiful little girl. And we'll say, yeah, she's a rescue. <laughs> my name is David Kechner. I have five children. And I believe you should only replace you and your spouse. So I'm asking several of you in here to either only have one or none. Thank you. That's all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.